Impact Leadership Podcast brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 34, and our special guest is Maxwell Ivey. And the title of the program is Just Say Yes, Tools for Receiving Help on the Journey to Your Goals. Are you stuck in your old story? Do you doubt whether your story matters? Do you struggle asking for help and you're always trying to do everything yourself? Are you tired of doing it yourself and ready to achieve your desired goals? Our special guest, Maxwell Ivey, answers these questions and many others as we explore ways to move past your old stories and stop pursuing your objectives alone. Max has an amazing story. He lost his sight at age 12, grew up in a family of carnival owners, has lost over 250 pounds. He's now the prolific blogger known as the blind blogger. He's a speaker and author, and he helps people move past their old stories and share their new stories. Max is also an expert on helping people expand their reach through podcasts and other media. Most important, Max is going to be sharing with you his insights and experiences of overcoming much with the help of many. Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are back in studio, Craig and I, with a special guest today, Maxwell Ivey, the blind blogger, and you're going to hear more about that in a few minutes. I haven't had a lot of time to talk to Maxwell, but I'm excited to hear his story. He has such a unique background. I mean, first of all, I'm sure he's probably tired of having this shared, but uh, he grew up in a family of carnival owners, which later ended up, he got into his own business around um, the carnival equipment. And then he's also gone through a lot of transformation in his life. He's going to share some of his story with us. Today, he's going to be talking about his journey. You know, he's got so many interesting things. He started his own business. He's a gentleman who's lost over 250 pounds through a combination of strategies. So this is somebody, Maxwell is someone who has really gives real meaning to the idea of transformation. And that's a word that I use a lot. And I think it's become cliche, but I always say it's not cliche if you actually do it. And (laughs) Maxwell's a guy who's actually done it. So we're going to talk about transformation and change and overcoming and achieving your heart's and life's desires. So welcome, Maxwell. Yeah, welcome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all having me on the show. And uh, I'll I'll do my best to to live up to that that, that, – that challenge that you've kind of laid down there that it, the transformation is okay as long as you actually do it. So, um, and in my life, people have asked me, you know, Max, ha, how do you feel about people calling you inspirational or saying you are, are inspiring? And my response to that is always, I don't mind people saying that I'm inspirational. Just tell me what the heck I inspired you to do because inspiration without action is meaningless. Hmm. Oh, I love that. I do love that. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. So, Max, we always start out with a question for everybody is give us a little bit of your story so people have a sense of, you know, where you came from and how you got here. 
Right. Well, I grew up in a family of carnival owners, as you mentioned, and I still have family in the business. My cousins actually operate a, a carnival with over 30 rides, probably uh, five or six million dollars worth of equipment, and they travel the country year round. Uh, much bigger operation than my family ever had. Uh, I was lucky enough to be part of the business until my dad passed away in 2003. Uh, by 2006, we were out of the business and were working with my uncle's carnival, traveling with him with a couple of games and a food trailer. And I just realized that that really wasn't going to be my place anymore. There really wasn't a, a, a way for me to really be part of their business. I had done the bookings for our family, and that's kind of a personal thing that uh, most show owners do not want somebody else having that kind of information or having that kind of effect on their on their business because whoever controls the calendar generally controls the pocketbook. So, uh, and my games weren't really built to compete on a bigger midway. So I could see things were going the wrong direction. I started. I had uh, I had helped the family sell rides when we were in the business and needed to sell something old to buy something newer. I thought I could do that professionally, and I gave it a try for all in in 2007. I started the Midway Marketplace. I uh, had no clue how little I knew about being in, in business for myself or online, and this was before WordPress, Wi-Fi, and Facebook, so I had to learn a whole bunch of things, including how to hand-code HTML, recruit clients, set fees, build an email list. Uh, it was a great time because I was always learning something new. People started telling me how inspiring it was that I did, you know, took on all these difficult challenges with, with joy. They asked me to share more about my experiences as a blind entrepreneur that led to the blindblogger.net, which was a name people had been using for me online as a shorthand before I started the second business. That has led to many opportunities and challenges, including being challenged to write my first book. And I've now have three books with a fourth one due by the 1st of August. Wow. Yep, I've been on over 200 podcasts, traveled the country solo, uh, shared my story and and message on uh, on stages at national conferences, and uh, I sing in public. And I started a little podcast called "What's Your Excuse?" <laughs> and I basically, I basically just you know I'm waiting to see what the next challenge or opportunity is going to be, what that next adventure is going to be, and you know even with Corona and, and us being stuck at home. That uh, that doesn't mean there there isn't something new out there for me. I just haven't found it yet, but I know it's coming. Um, so I, you know, I've I've done all these things. I've I've been very blessed to have the help of many people online and in person, and I'm just doing my best to share my experiences and the lessons I've learned, and hopefully I can help some other people accomplish their goals along the way. So Max, Maxwell, you've clearly done a lot, achieved a lot, and, and you mentioned obstacles. But give everybody a flavor. What's the core of what you're doing today? You have a business today. Tell us about that business. I like to say that I, the, the thing I do that uh, is my primary source of income, the thing that helps me support my writing, traveling, and public speaking habit is helping other creative entrepreneurs gain exposure for their work by connecting them with podcasts and radio shows so they can share their stories, hmm. reach new audiences, and grow their brand or passion. Gotcha. Wow, that sounds rather interesting. So it, I guess you're talking with a lot of different people in media as well as the, the folks that are wanting to get connected with their own ideal clients. Right. Well, uh, and I've, 
yeah, connected with a lot of media people, but uh, the people I generally work with are people who are at the beginning of their journey, who uh, they're doing good work, but they don't truly realize the power of their story yet or how to tell it effectively. So uh, a lot of what I do is, is involved in storytelling and uh, helping people understand uh, the best way to present their history, their origin stories, so that they will make that podcast host or radio show host or, or TV host, you know, think that uh, this person, I just have to have this person. I have to hear more about their story. And thankfully, the practice that I put into it telling my story and getting hosts interested in having me has, has been great practice. It's a uh, really fulfilling work because there are a lot of people who have, they have great talent. They're amazing people, but they just don't realize it yet. So there's also <laughs> a bit of, there's also a bit of coaching that goes into it, you know, making, making them understand. Yes. People do want to hear your story. They need to hear, they need to hear it in fact, and you're going to change lives by telling it. And you're also going to, uh, grow your platform and, and get more exposure for what you're doing, which means new clients, new sales, new connections that can, you know, further lead to, uh, to bigger opportunities. And I generally work with authors, speakers, coaches. And the thing that always surprises me is when I talk to somebody who's, you look at their work online or you read their book or you, you know, you, you listen to listen to an audio or a video that they've recorded and you're like, this person really should have a, a lot more followers. They should be making a lot more sales. And it, it comes down to the fact that they don't realize the effect that their work is having or could have. And you pretty much have to, have to make them understand it, which is, uh, is kind of what happened to me, what, six years ago now, because if it weren't for people I trust online, I would still just be selling carnival rides because I had no idea that my story could inspire and motivate other people to take action in their own lives. I, and it had to be explained to me in this way. My, my friend, Adrian Smith, who I refer to as my blogging mama, who taught me everything I know about relationship marketing. She said, Max, here's what makes your story compelling. You have a built-in excuse. If you decided you wanted to sit on your couch and watch TV or listen to the radio and eat junk food, nobody would say the first thing about that because you have this built-in excuse. But you show up and work your butt off and try to build a business online, and you do that every day. You compare that to people who don't have a built-in reason or excuse who instead uh, decide that they're going to, to sleepwalk through their life and and uh, be happy with the place where they're at, even if the comfortable place they're at has its, its share of, of pain and discomfort. You know, they're afraid to try because they're afraid that something else could be worse than what they got now. You we said, always have a choice. Don't have any, yeah, well, that's true. We all have a choice. And she says the fact that you decided to choose to show up and other people who don't have a, a barrier decide not to is what makes you compelling. So I have to... I sometimes have to, to get, get in really simple terms with people and explain to them, you know, this is your story. This is, this is what people need to know about you and hear about you. And if they do, you're going to become real and relatable to them. They're going to want 
to support you in the form of uh, buying your products or services or sharing your content with other people so they can bring you to the attention of people who can help you. So Max, so many fascinating things in what you shared in your story. And certainly you've achieved a lot and I'm gonna use a word, you've overcome a lot and I'm guessing you hear that a lot. You know, you overcame so much, particularly, you know, your barriers or so-called barriers. And, and as you talk to a lot of people, I read your website, you, you help people who are stuck, they're frustrated, they can't find it, they can't get there, you're trying to help them. And what I've seen is so many people, when they're talking about their pursuit of anything, the word they hear the most is I. I have to figure this out, I'm stuck, I don't know how to do this, I'm not confident enough, I, 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 I'm afraid. And what I notice in that, that it's always about them and never, it's always about what they can do by themselves. And so what are your thoughts on this idea of achieving on our own versus some other ways? Right. I, I love the way you asked that question. You did a great job of, of transitioning and uh, helping me get uh, focused on a topic that I speak about a lot that I enjoy talking about because I think it helps more people than anything else I can tell people. And that is this whole thing about, uh, about asking for help and accepting help when offered because we do have this belief, especially in the United States and other Western cultures, that if we can't do it by ourselves, there's something wrong with us. If we have to ask for help, then we are weak, inept. Uh, it, some people will even say that they're failures because they can't do it all by themselves. And a big part of that is the people we see online because so many successful people, they don't show us the team, the family, the friends behind them that are helping them accomplish those goals. So we have this false narrative, especially online, that successful people succeed all by themselves. And the truth of the matter is, there are a few people who can do that. You know, there's, there's the rare exception of somebody who, who can do everything by themselves and do it in a way where they accomplish their goals in the time frame they think they should. But for most of us, I'd say 99% of us, if we want to get where we're going and we want to get there quickly and we want to get there with, with joy and have fun while we're doing it, we have to invite other people along on the journey. We have to ask for help uh, and we have to accept help from people when uh, others realize that we need it and decide to offer it to us. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without uh, a lot of people contributing to my journey. Uh, Adrian Smith, who I mentioned before, my blogging mama, who really got me uh, started growing my first website so I could, I could get the kind of traffic that would lead to sales. Uh, Lorraine Regulie, my, my editor, who helped me turn a, my, a rough manuscript that somebody had challenged me to write into my first book. Um, you know, so many people along the way who either I said, Hey, I need help. Um, when I fir fir first started building my first website, I started asking people, well, how does a blind person build a website and how do they do that with a screen reader? And eventually somebody pointed me to the W3C school and said, go through the tutorials there. And then when you've gone through that, you can come back to our group and ask us some, some, some sensible questions. So people, people would say, Max, um, 
this is what you need to do to get your website. Uh, or they would send me PHP or HTML code that I could copy and use. Um, eventually, a webmaster from Switzerland found me online and said, you know, Max, your website's okay, but would you like some help making it a lot better? And he volunteered to do it for free and even helped me migrate my website from HTML to WordPress. Wow. Um, there's been, you know, so many people who have uh, offered to help and who, when I've asked for help, have, you know, have showed up. If you are willing to ask for help, there are lots of people in the world who will help you. And, and that goes back to something I was taught when I was growing up. At an early age, I knew that eventually I was going to lose my vision. And my family, they always told me, Max, don't ever be afraid to ask for help because, one, it will make your life harder if you don't ask. And, two, there are lots of people who want to help you, and they will receive uh, enjoyment, gratification from helping you. Or, as I like to tell people, when you refuse to ask for help, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. Yeah, so, so true. So true. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I, that's, that seems to be a part of how Jeff and I work as well. We want to help people. And oftentimes people are not willing to ask one. And then the other is when we do ask, sometimes they're not, uh, you know, they, they're either questioning our motives or they, they think they got it. You know, the, so the, the ego pops up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. If if you can take the focus off of yourself and put it on the other person uh, or put it on the other company, if you can take the focus off of yourself, get away from ego, then you can accomplish a whole lot more and you can get there a lot quicker. But you're right. There is that natural thought that if somebody wants to help me, they have to want something from me. Right. And and for the most part, I haven't I haven't found that to be the case online i mean yeah there are people who reach out to you that wanting to sell you something or uh, maybe they want to do something for you but they they then want you to hire them and you know at that point when you realize that they're up to no good you just tell them no i ain't gonna do that <laughs> right when you offer to help uh when you solve other people's problems and you guys know this because you're in business doing this when you solve other people's problems that's one of the best ways that you can create that like, no trust that, Absolutely. you know, down the road when somebody was down the road, when somebody does need to hire somebody for your particular skill, they're going to come back to you. And if you can do it, they may hire you. If you can't do it, they may ask you, well, who, who do you use? And you might be able to connect them with a favorite vendor or, or service provider of yours, which is, you know, just continuing the energy that comes from helping other people. And, uh, yeah. So Max, let me, let me, I want to go back and touch on a couple of things you mentioned. You know, I've had the same experience as you have, as Craig has, and as I'm a fellow speaker and I often ask audiences, you know, how many of you consider yourself really great at helping others? And it's, you know, the hands fly up. It's almost a hundred percent. And in fact, the ones who don't raise their hand, I'll make a joke, some sort of joke about, but then I'll say, how many of you are great at accepting help? or asking for help, and you I'm lucky if I get 5%. So I agree with you. The vast, vast majority of people struggle asking for or receiving help. What have you found? I know you touched on a couple, but what are the core reasons for that? And more importantly, how do you help people get past that limitation? Right. 
I would say the core, uh, the core limitations are fear, shame, pride, ego. They feel like they sh- should be able to do it themselves. But I find it's worse when people offer to help than it is when people ask for help. Because when you ask for it, a lot of times you've struggled and you're frustrated and you're, you're at that point finally where you're like, I can't do this and I need to do this. So my two choices are to quit or to swallow my pride and ask somebody else to help me. But when somebody comes along and offers to help you just out of the blue, a lot of people's first response is going to be, who the heck do you think you are? I mean, <laughs> what makes you think I need help? I mean, obviously I'm doing great here. Uh, just look at my Facebook post. You'll see there's nothing wrong in my world that I need your help with. So thank you very much. But, you know, go help somebody else. That's usually what most people are going to do in that situation. And I like to point out that we often ask for things. We just don't realize it because here, here are some of the things I include in asking for help. Or it is, uh, there's, there's prayer, meditation, and some people will, will use the phrase law of attraction interchangeably with those. But if you're thinking on a subject, if you're focusing on, man, I really need to figure out how to get people to subscribe to my email list, or I really need to figure out how to get, how to get my book online. If you focus on that, eventually you're going to run into somebody or a resource uh, or a friend is going to introduce you to somebody and you're going to find that. When I first started my podcast, people were asking me, Max, when are you, I was doing a lot of interviews. People were asking me, Max, when are you going to start your own podcast? <laughs> I said, when I find somebody who can handle the tech, so all I have to do is show up and talk. It wasn't three weeks later, somebody showed up to be my co-host. You know, I was thinking about it, meditating yep. on it. Sounds like a lot of attraction to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But most people don't consider that asking, you know, but it is. <laughs> you asked for it. You sent yeah. those thoughts out into the world and somebody heard you. Another thing a lot of us do without thinking about it is when we post on social media or we leave a blog comment, if we are, if we feel relatively, you know, relatively safe where we're doing this, things that we need will bleed into the things we say online. It may not be as overt as I need a virtual assistant to, uh, to do research for getting guests on a podcast. It won't be that specific, but there'll be stuff in our posts where those people out in the world who pay attention, who listen, are going to notice and they're going to think, you know, I think he could really use my friend who's a virtual assistant, and I'm going to introduce them. Uh, or I think he could really use a particular app that I like. They're going to notice those things if, if, they, you know, if they follow your posts, and eventually they're going to reach out themselves or they're going to introduce you. That's, that's what happened with Lorraine. That's what happened with Ashley Fox. One of my coaches, she would say, Craig, have you ever thought about asking for help for that thing? You know? <laughs> and so it, it comes back to sometimes other people know what we need to ask for help for, and we're kind of blind to it. Exactly. Yes. And if you're lucky, you've got two or three of those people in your life who will go, who will call you out and go, you know, yeah, you're 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 really you're really you really stink at this. You need to <laughs> to get you some help. Jeff and I had um, that conversation last week. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. 
The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. Max, you've, you've, you've shared some really great stories. One question I have for you is, so I, I'm going to just own some of my biases. I think a lot of people, and I think it relates to this asking for help or not, they all think we're all supposed to be like Nike and just do it. Or, <laughs> you know, I've got this idea. I don't, you know, here's what I want to achieve. I just have to do it. Or here's this thing I want to stop. All I have to do is stop it. And I don't find that generally works. So actually, how do you, is there a strategy you use or an approach to help people get past these obstacles of not accepting or asking for help versus just saying, hey, just go ask for help. I'm sure it takes more uh, than just tell them to do it. Right, yeah. Um, well, I would say like anything else, uh, start very small. I mean, it could be as simple as asking your neighbor to watch a dog and, or watch your, your cat and then thinking back to that next week, you know, I didn't have any problem asking somebody to come and take care of my animal, which includes maybe cleaning a litter box, but I might have some trouble asking somebody to, to review a blog post or, or help me get my podcast more listeners. You know I mean? It, a lot of it just comes down to realizing the things we're already asking for in our lives and don't really give the proper credit to. I mean, uh, I've, I'm constantly being told by other bloggers and podcasters, you know, Max, I can't believe you do all the stuff you have to do for your blog and you can't see, I have trouble with it and I can see, you know, uh, I have to remember sometimes that, Hey, I've done some great stuff and that allows me to, to do other stuff. That's very challenging and frustrating sometimes. So I'm sure there are things people are asking for in their lives that they don't really think about at the time. But if you think about what you're asking somebody to do, I mean, when you ask somebody to pick a child up from school, think about the responsibility you just asked them to take on themselves. You may know them a little bit. It's yeah. different than asking a stranger online. But I would say, like with anything, start small. Think back to other things you've done in the past that are similar where it went well for you. And then just then apply that to asking for something just a little bit bigger. That's where I would say uh, would be very helpful. And then also think about the times when you offered to help somebody else and how it made you feel. It's interesting. I, this has been a topic I've talked about quite a bit as well. And the, when I look back at what Benjamin Franklin said about asking for help, he said the people, people who you ask for help, people who have already helped you are more likely to help you than anyone else because right. they're kind of invested. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why if you see people that are successful, they tend to create communities. They yeah, tend to start with, point. they start with a few people either in their immediate uh, vicinity or people they run into often at, at work or, or in their neighborhoods or in uh, favorite online communities based on their, on their personal interests. 
and they they find those first few friends and then they they, they go from there if they're an online person they're going to to uh, to try to build a, a community or a tribe as most people refer to theirs nowadays and it really does start with finding the one or two really good friends and then just continuing to grow to grow that network you're right people that are invested in you so max let me ask you a question i want to use a word that we i don't think we've used in this interview yet and i think it's at the heart of this and it's something craig and i talk a lot about when it comes to leadership and that is vulnerability and one of the items we list when we list, because a lot of people think vulnerability and leadership is about emotion, and it occasionally is, but one of the sort of examples of vulnerability that leaders can exhibit is the willingness to ask for help. And so this to me, and you said it's, you know, there's fear. Well, if I do something despite my fear or there's a risk, that's vulnerability. So how do you see the idea of vulnerability playing into this topic of asking for help and receiving help and the work you do with the people you serve? Well, I would say when it comes to vulnerability, I don't often completely understand how vulnerable I can make myself. I realize that I'm better at it than, than a lot of people, but it really comes down to what is more important to you is it accomplishing a goal or ending a bad habit or is it looking silly or stupid or weak and you know there's a there's a common expression in the world and i hate to use these but it's it's uh what is the phrase fomo fear fear of missing out <laughs> well it's not quite exactly that but i mean it's the, the it really for me it always comes down to a decision which worries me more which scares me more Missing my goal or having people know that I need help. <laughs> uh, well, that's, you know, it's that simple. That, I mean, that's, if you can get to that point, and trust me, I've, had, I've been on this journey for 13 years, so I'm not going to say it's easy. I think, I've told, I think I told you that in my email. A lot of, a lot of what we're going to talk about, it sounds easy. People make it sound easy, but it, it is hard. It takes practice and effort. But for me, I've gotten to the point where that's what it comes down to, which is more important. The missing out on something good, continuing to do something bad, or fear of looking silly, falling on my ass. I, uh, I've gotten to the point where the answer to that is obvious. I am more worried about missing out on something great. And it could be a big something great. It can be a little thing. It can be here at my house. It can be halfway across the country. Uh, but, the, but that's what it comes down to. And for example, uh, I have gotten into some close situations with travel because I'm not afraid to leave the house with, you know, with less money on me than most people would think is wise. <laughs> but it was like, hey, they asked me to come speak or they asked me to come hang out with them for a week. And, yeah, I don't have all that money, but what, what, what scares me more? Um, ending up broke somewhere and having to raise the money to get home or staying home and thinking, man, they're having a really good time, according to the, all the Facebook and Instagram posts. You know, that's where I've gotten to, and that's really what people need to think more about is, which worries me more, missing out or looking silly? And I like to tell people, life ain't the Olympics. They're not going to give you style points, so stop trying to win them. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I was just realizing through this conversation, because I love movies, and I'm realizing, you know, the way media portrays this issue, and I think it maybe it's too subtle, we ought to figure this out, because in every movie where there's an, um, something to overcome, which means every movie, <laughs> in almost yep. every one of them, there is a scene or yep. multiple scenes where someone offers help to someone, and that person yep. always gets really calm, and they look in the eye and say, thank you, I'll let you know when that happens. <laughs> and they, they, and, but the whole audience is saying, you idiot, you clearly need help. And of course, they end up getting help later, and it all happens, and they, they achieve the goal because of the help. And, but we yeah. don't see it in um, our lives because we see it in the media constantly. Maybe it's just not, maybe it's too subtle. I remember the movie Dumbo where, you know, what's his name had to go to the magic feather or uh, Space Jams where Michael Jordan had to give him the magic elixir or at the end or the most famous of all time at the end of the Wizard of Oz where the wizard pretty much tells him, uh, I didn't give y'all Jack. Y'all had this in you the whole time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You know, so there are those movie examples, and I think you know more people need to follow some of these movie examples. You know, <laughs> one of my one of my favorites as far as accomplishing things is Forrest Gump because you look at some of the things he took on during that movie. A lot of that he did because he didn't let himself get overwhelmed with what was involved in doing it. Now I'm going to run across the country. He, uh, he didn't do what Je Jeff calls time traveling. Okay. Yeah. So he he didn't travel to the past and look at the look at what's happened or he's not looking at the future at what's there. It's kind of the ultimate. I am present in this moment. I just do what I do act in integrity. I hadn't thought about it that way before. It's, it's awesome. My middle name is forest and I was going to change my name to forest, but then that movie came out and then everybody <laughs> said, Oh, run forest, run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't start out to set a strip to start. He didn't start out to have a stripping empire. He just wanted to have a boat. Because right. Colonel Dan told him it was going to have, it was going to, it was going to eat shrimp. I mean, no, he was just uh, going to go help his friend. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and um, you know, you call it time traveling and who knows, maybe you're going to get this because I get, I get a lot of heat for this line. <laughs> I tell people I'm not smart enough to be scared. Um, uh, and that basically means I don't focus on, you know, what's on the other side of the hill. I just focus on climbing up this side of it. And, you know, I, I do a lot of things without really thinking about what all is going to be involved between here and there or, or without thinking about the consequences. Uh, a, one of my friends, Mara Sweeney, explained it. She says, you, what you're saying is you have a wide-eyed wonder approach or a childlike <laughs> approach to the world. I'm like... I don't know if that really captures it or not, but I like your expression about time traveling because it, it is true. I mean, we, uh, we're, looking, we're, we're looking at the two different points in time, and as a result, we get stuck where we're at right this minute as opposed to, you know, just even going over to that next, that next step, that next uh, square in the sidewalk, that next street. I mean, it's... Uh, I love the idea of time traveling and also kind of remind the, you know, this, this stuff we're talking about also kind of reminds me of Bilbo Baggins. If you remember the Hobbit, he had to pretty much be dragged out of his hole by Gandalf thrown on a horse. And he left without pretty much anything. And he mentioned something about, I didn't even bring a handkerchief and Gandalf gives him like a dozen, you know, <laughs>
So, yeah, I love the idea of time travel. And you're right, the movies, the books, we have all these great examples. We should get it. We shouldn't have to continue to learn this lesson of you can't do all this stuff by yourself and you shouldn't try because it wouldn't because it isn't as much fun. And, you know, I've only run across one person in the in the literature who I've heard write about this subject much. And he's, his name is Tom Sullivan. And I haven't met him. I'd like to. He's a famous entertainer, world traveler, documentary film, filmmaker who happens to be blind. That's the way he does it. He he would have trouble with me calling myself the blind blogger because he believes that what you say it the other way, it's more, po more positive. Uh, he wrote a book called Hearing Lessons, Things I Learned in the Dark, where he talked about interdependence versus independence. Huh. As one of the first persons I heard really talk about the subject uh, in, you know, right in, in literature, you know, writing it down and putting it out in the world. And I thought that was really incredible because one of the things that, happens a lot with people who are visually impaired is we either have people telling us to ask for help and not to worry about asking, or we have people telling us, oh, you can do anything that you want to do and you can go anywhere you want to go. And you just have to learn the skills to be totally independent. So I just really loved it when I heard him talking about interdependence, asking for help, accepting help, uh, not, not being afraid to do it and how uh, in his life it allowed him to do things he probably wouldn't have done without other people being involved in his story. And that's another thing that is in addition to asking and accepting, you have to show the proper gratitude. Yes. You have that to let, seems like it should go without saying, right? I mean, weren't, weren't we all raised well enough to understand that you say thank you? Yeah, but to me, gratitude—I I have a little bit different meaning on gratitude. Okay. Saying thank you is saying thank you is cool. That's 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 nice. But to me, gratitude involves if I ask you to help me, then I accept your help and I act on it. I don't just say thank you for the help and this sounds like a great idea and then never yeah. do nothing with it. Good point. You know, to me, gratitude requires action. And then once you've taken the action, gratitude requires letting other people know that it happened because the mm. person who did it, um, they would be considered um, not nice people if they told the world they helped me. But to my opinion, <laughs> that's a good point. I'm I couldn't think of a good one word uh, that, you know, that would, that would capture, you know, that, that, uh, that attitude. But, you know, people who provide help, they rarely are going to tell people, hey, you know that guy, the blind blogger, he needed help with, uh, with his podcast, and I helped him, and now he's so much cooler. His shows are so much better because that's not going to happen. Very rarely is it going to happen. So part, to me, part of gratitude is taking action on the advice or, uh, or, or using the product service or in some cases, people have donated, contributed money, using the money to the purpose that it was intended to be used for, but then letting other people know that this experience happened. Because if I don't share that I was made a better person and got closer to my goal because somebody helped me, if I don't share that, then how are other people going to know they're supposed to ask for help and accept help? It's uh, it's really, to me, it's really important in my version of gratitude for me to not only accept it and use it, but to let other people know that it happened um, 
to thank the person who did it, but also to thank the person that hasn't been asked yet. Because by me sharing these experiences, being vulnerable, as you mentioned, I'm going to unlock that door for a lot of other people down the road, and they're going to find the freedom to ask for help. Yeah. Well, Max, you've certainly been vulnerable already today. And my big takeaway, I don't think you've said it exactly this way. You know, I was alluding to the Nike, just do it motto. But what I'm hearing you say is when someone offers help, just say yes. That's my big takeaway is when they offer help, there's a reason. Give them the gift of saying yes and give yourself the gift of saying yes. Those are my big takeaways. So thank you for that. And thank you for bringing the message you did today and for the ways that you inspire people out there in so many different corners of, the lo- of your life and of the world. It's fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm just, I'm just doing my best to show up and share what has worked for me in hopes that it will help other people. That's fantastic. So, Max, we always have our, our guests let us know if there's something specific they want to promote. I know you have a book coming out very soon. Is is that something that you want to share with everyone? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mention the book before I was supposed to mention the book. I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, it's perfect. Um, but yeah, I um I um uh, in 2017 I went out for my first uh, book signings and public speaking. I traveled the country for 6 weeks from uh, Houston to Philadelphia to Buffalo to Jacksonville to uh, to Spartanburg in South Carolina for people who don't know where that is. And back home again, I uh, found new clients, had new experiences, made new friends, uh, overcame loss, overcame missed trains, um, uh, lost, uh, lack of money and, uh, <laughs> and all the other things that can happen to you along the way, even including some problems with my feet and my feet wear. And uh, the book is, it's a usual, the blind blogger book. There's, uh, it's, it's an honest chronicle of what happened. The, it shares the techniques and the methods that allowed me to take, to take this journey and, and to, to, to face the, the fears that were involved in going out on this trip by myself. And it combines all of that with some great funny stories that will keep you entertained. And I, I really think this book is going to help a lot of people. The Blind Bloggers, Continuing Adventures, first, first speaking and signing trip, and really the beginning of uh, my journey as a public speaker, and really just a great experience that reminded me that I'm capable of so much more than I thought I was 10 years ago, or that even that I think I am now. Um, and that's, I think, the most important lesson from my journey so far is that 13 years ago, I started by filing for a domain name, not knowing how I would even build a website that would go with it. And 13 years later, I travel, speak, sing, write, do a podcast, go to other people's podcasts and help people get booked on podcasts so they can share their stories. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen easy. It didn't happen by myself but it's happened because I continue to take the next step or follow that next bend in the river. So I think I heard in there, what's the exact title of the book? The Blind Bloggers uh, Continuing Adventures, uh, first, po- first Speaking and Signing Trip. Okay. Although I probably messed it up because I haven't quite gotten it in my head yet. It's a brand new book, you know, but it's, I'm pretty close. I, uh, 
and people can find it on my website at theblindblogger.net slash first speaking and signing. And is that the best way for people to connect with you is through your website? Yes. Yeah. Theblindblogger.net is the best way. They can also send me an email to just ask at theblindblogger.net. Awesome. We will put all of that in the show notes. As you, as you may recall, Max, and we've alluded to some of these, we always ask a question at the end. And my question to you is, because we talked about movies already, but what's the one book that in your mind is, if someone said, give me one book that I need to read, Max, to go really change my life, what would you tell them? Part of me wants to say they should read my book, Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, but I just can't do it. Um, well, you just did, but that's okay. You didn't do it directly, so that's cool. I love that. Part of me wants to tell them to go read Adversity Advantage by Eric Wehamir because it's a, it's a great book on how we can use our setbacks and adversities to become a better, stronger person and accomplish our goals. And it's one of the first, one of the first uh, personal development books that I read from another person who happened to be blind. So it's a great book, Adversity Advantage. And then because we mentioned movies and stuff, my, my other part of this answer would be read The Hobbit. See how Bilbo Baggins progresses from when they first meet him in the Shire yeah. to, to when he rescues them from the spiders and then figures out a way to get them from there to the, to the mountain of, uh, of the lair of the dragon. He grows so much and through so many different ways in a book that was never intended to be that kind of book. But trust me, if you read the, the Hobbit with the right attitude, it's one of the best self-help books you ever read. <laughs> I love that. I've not heard that before, and uh, that's a good reminder for me to go back and reread it. Well, I just, I just watched the whole Hobbit series with my sons, and um, the Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite movie series of all time. So thank you, Max. Thanks for being here, and thanks again, not only for being here and sharing, but just what you do in the world. You're making a difference, so keep it up. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I also appreciate the opportunity to come on the show. I know the kind of, of time, money, and effort y'all put into this work and the passion y'all bring to it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy getting to talk with you. And I appreciate the reminder that I'm doing good work because as, <laughs> as, you, as you guys know, we do, we, we do a lot of work. We don't always hear from a lot of people telling us how great we're doing at the moment. Right. So it, I really appreciate that you that you reminded me of that as part of having me on your show. So thank you. Thanks, Mac. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. You've got questions, we've got answers. 
business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.